Hi everybody, the episode that you're about to listen to has been available for about a week now. Of course, it's only available on patreon.com slash rundownwrestling, but yeah, why didn't, why haven't signed up yet? And why didn't you listen to this a week ago? I mean, I just got one thing to ask you. Shut the fuck up, cunt. What the fuck is wrong? Get your finger out my butter and just run along. It's your mum you need to cuddle from. You don't belong inside the dungeon that I'm coming from. Fuck it, you'll find a bunch of needles in my cupboard. Cause I've been keeping evil as a puppet. Motherfucker subject, don't talk about a rubber cunt in public. And switch like I'm drugged up and bump another subject. And I ain't give a fuck, I never have. I'll chuck your nuts off and stuff them in a motherfucking level bag. Slap, I can't lie, that's my favorite sound. I'll say it out loud, I hate you that you make it back. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of spot of xt it is the may 12th 2022 episode of nxt uk and it is episode 200 that's right ladies and gentlemen the little engine that could the promotion that nick Khan forgot nxt uk has reached 200 episodes and of course, since it is episode 200 of NXT UK, we get a loser gets the fuck out of our main event, Ilya Dragunov versus Jordan Devlin for the NXT UK Championship. Andy Shepard welcomes us to the BT Sports Studio. Nigel is vibing out as Andy reminds us for the second of probably 200 times tonight that the main event will be a loser leaves NXT UK match. Smith and Carter arrive for their match, and their Tron says that they are the hottest tag team under the sun. Now, that is too long of a name, fellas. It's not quite the world's greatest tag team, but it's, it's a perfectly fine name. But again, it's a little too long, and HTTUS is not the acronym that's going to get you over, kids. And he says the winner of this match will face Moustache Mountains. Not Moustache Mountain. Moustache Mountains. They are facing off against the Coffee Brothers of Gallus. Andy reminds us that Mark Coffee is a one-time tag champ with Wolfgang, but Joe has never won a title in NXT. The Coffee start off with some double-team offense against Carter. Oliver then gets a scissor takedown on Mark. Ashton tags in and just drops his gooch onto Marky's arm, and then tags out because seven seconds is enough to recover from any offense that was done to you. Carter eats an elbow from Mark. Joe tags in and gets sent outside. Mark helps him up and tells him, we don't stop. So I I guess we're done, right? We're, we're done with the Coffee Brothers feuding. It was like one week. And then they did like a stupid fake press conference that nobody asked questions for, and now we're just cool with each other. We get dueling chants from the crowd because, of course, we do. Now, I think they're debating if tea or crumpets are better, but maybe I'm just an asshole. Joey splashes Smith in the corner, then hits a backbreaker. He seems to have hurt himself on the backbreaker. As for the remainder of this match, he will limp around like he broke his leg. 
Joey again limps, which uh, Smith uses to his advantage, and he shoulder tackles him. Carter takes in and gets a one count. Carter then rolls onto the leg and takes in Smith. Joe rolls up Smith for two, and Smith locks in a leg lock. This whole thing feels kind of odd. Now, look, I am not somebody who studies wrestling or considers myself to be a, his heavy quotes here, journalist or any of that matter. I am just somebody who watches wrestling and has opinions on them. It feels weird in my history of watching wrestling to watch a heel work a fake injury and it never being something that like is like oh nope never mind I was I was faking it like that because as far as I know from watching this they're the heels Smith and Carter are the faces so it also feels weird for the two faces to be working over an injury that somebody has that's a very heel thing to do at least in my experience and my opinion so if this is a matter of like we're turning Smith and Carter heel in order to fight Moustache Mountain, which are also seem to be in the midst of a heel turn, that's a very weird dynamic in my mind. And I haven't felt anything from Smith and Carter to make me think that, like, oh, these guys are turning heel. Like, they're still presented as, we got fucked. All right, we got another match. We got fucked again. And now this is our third attempt now at trying to beat these motherfuckers who keep cheating to beat us. That's a very babyface thing to do, is to have them get screwed over twice for the titles. But then here they are against two guys that three weeks ago were, like, fighting with each other and were also kind of dicks. I don't know. It's just... It it makes it so I'm very confused watching it. Because I am a, a, a... an idiot. So when I sit there and I'm watching, I'm going, who am I supposed to like in this match? I'm supposed to like the faces that are like, oh, this dude fucked his leg up. Let's fuck it up worse. I don't know. I don't get that. Ugh. So Carter takes in and straight kicks Joey's tits off. Joe tries to get a submission on, but of course his leg is fucked and he can't do it. He hits a back body drop and hits the hot tag on the heel Mark Coffey. That's right. And Mark Coffey gets cheered. Which again is like, so are they good guys now? Because they haven't really done anything to to turn, right? And like, I don't know. It's just, like I've watched every episode here, so I'm not missing anything. <laughs> it's very strange. To, it feels like I'm missing something. It feels like I missed an entire episode where Smith and Carter were like, by the way, we kick puppies. We're bad now. And the Coffee Brothers are like, hey, we like puppies. We're good now. Like, there's none of that. Ugh, I don't know. Anywho. Mark gets hit with a overhead kick and Smith digs in. Mark kicks Smith in the side for two. They keep talking about Joe Coffee not being in the corner. But again... Mark is the far fresher man. Why does it matter? Mark has been in this match for literally two minutes. His brother has been in the match for about five or six, clearly has a knee injury, 
and they're like, Markov is going to have to go it alone now. Like, yeah, because his partner's injured. Don't take him back in. But of course, just to prove that I know nothing about wrestling, Joe gets up and gets tagged in. The guy with the gimpy leg gets a standing tag from his brother, who is fresh as a daisy. Joe gets in, and him and Mark hit a double-team move for two. Then Joe goes to the top rope. Mark gets taken out on the outside. And Joe, because his knee is fucked, just dead man falls off the top ropes. Smith then chop blocks Joe, the faces, and tags in Carter. And Carter hits the assisted moonsault for the win. I don't know anything about wrestling. I don't. Apparently I don't. How fucking weird. Mark checks on his brother, so I guess we just abandon that storyline and we're good now. Everything's cool. Who's writing this? Did did we lose a writer? And they were like, hey, all those storylines that dude was working on? Fuck him. I, I don't know, man. It's fucking weird, man. <sighs> the match itself... I don't know, I hesitate to say that I enjoyed it because I was so fucking baffled by it. I was so confused. And Joe working the 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 knee as being injured, and then being the one to take the pin at the end, was bananas. Why did you take him back in? There's some really serious issues with the psychology of that. It didn't feel like it was a case of, like, Joe getting up and be like, no, no, I have to be the one to do it. He just got up and Mark was like, I'll take you. (laughs) And then he proceeded to lose. Which, if they were still doing the storyline of Mark and Joe, like, being at odds to each other, that makes sense. Because Joe was like, no, no, I'm going to do it. And then he loses. And then you have something as a catalyst. That's not what happened here. Mark went over to his brother and was like, it's okay, buddy. We're going to be fine. Like, take my hand. Yes, but Spoon. Like, it, it just... I don't know, weird. But, moving on. A kid walks out of Skidmark Scholar's closet, and disembodied voice asks him what he was doing in the closet. Kid says he asked for a match against Charlie Dempsey under Heritage Cup rules. This match will take place in two weeks. It's not for the Heritage Cup, of course. Because the champion is nowhere to be found again. He did a talk show last week where he jizzed all over himself, and apparently he's still doing cleanup. They do a video celebrating 200 episodes of NXT UK. One thing that WWE and NXT and NXT UK as an extension do not lack for is the ability to put on awesome video packages. And this was that. It ran down every single one of the champions, currently or otherwise, and it showed a lot of the people that are still there and included some people that have moved on, like Walter and Rhea Ripley. Didn't show Tony Storm. But it was uh, good. And it reminded you that, like, yeah, this this brand has a lot of mainstays to it. It's also got some new people that are really entertaining. One of those people is Amelia McKenzie. And she goes walking down a hallway when Disembodied Voice asks her about Mako retaining. What a prick. Don't ask her about the win that she got two weeks ago. Ask her, hey, uh, your mentor, 
that you talked about like trying to break away from, she won. What do you think of that? Speaking of people who are not entertaining, Lash Legend interrupts. And I again debate the length of rope that I have in my garage. Lash then gets cut off by Amelia, who says all she does is talk. Yes. Yes, she does. Lash then cuts her off and says, you don't want none of this. NXT UK fans don't want none of this. Okay? Now look. Lash, as a character, is annoying, but she's a heel. She's supposed to be, right? I've watched Lash wrestle. Wasn't too impressed. But, throwing her in there with Millie McKenzie, you might have something there. If Lash looks like garbage against Amelia McKenzie, it might be time to move on. But the promo itself was weird. They kept cutting each other off, which I guess works. But again, it's... I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'll have to wait and see what Lash does in her match against uh, uh, Amelia McKenzie. But... You know, I'm not uh, a huge fan of her, but, you know, I, I I assume she's gonna win because it seems like they just love to job out NXT UK guys to their NXT 2.0 rookies. But, hey, you know, whatever helps get them over, and obviously we know where the pecking order lies. It is time for the Nina Samuels show. Great. Can't fucking wait. Uh, Nina gets butt-fucked by the ring post for a bit, and thankfully, this is actually not a talk show segment. This is a match. Even though it, like, starts off like one. So maybe she doesn't have a talk show, maybe she just refers to anything that she does as a Nina Samuel show, which could be a thing. I don't know. I haven't seen enough of her. Nina is facing Ivy Nile. Color me aroused. Now... Ivy Nile is, in my opinion, for what that matters, is one of the brightest female stars that they have right now. She has such a unique look to her. Her promos are still just okay, but they're better than some that I've seen. Uh, She still has... Uh, she's got that Shayna Baszler effect where her voice doesn't match her body and doesn't match her look because she does have kind of a, of a like a cutesy voice and she looks like someone who could rip your dick off and beat you over the head with it so but again she is jacked to the gills her small frame somehow works great for her and I am a big fan and I've been a big fan, and I've talked about it before she even became Ivy Nile, how much of a fan I was of this woman's look and her skills. So, and anytime I get to watch somebody beat the fuck out of Nina Samuels, I also count that as a blessing. A chant of Ivy's gonna kill you breaks out. They tie up to start, and Nina tries to show off how much smaller her arms are than Ivy's. It's not a, not a good smart look. Ivy drops her down with a headlock, and Nina reverses it, and then gets a headlock takedown of her own. 
Ivy reverses into a leg lock and starts doing push-ups while still holding on the leg lock. Nina is able to get to the ropes, and Nina then does a few of her push-ups of her own, which I was surprised she didn't do like the ones on your knees, and then she pops Ivy in the mouth. Nina puts on a neck crank, then pulls back Ivy's lips. No, not those ones. I know I got excited too when I wrote it. Niall kicks Nina, uh, then hits some running shoulder tackles. Nina blasts her with a sack of shit suplex, uh, then a running sidekick for two. One person starts screaming, Ivy Nile! Well, dipshit dual chants break out. Why? Why? Why are you chanting for Nina Samuels? You have Ivy Nile in a ring like there. There should be no dueling chants during this. Nile locks in her submission hold, and she gets the tap out victory. Her submission hold is, of course, interesting. It is a dragon sleeper, which she then clasps her hands behind her back so that she can yank her right arm even deeper into the hold. It is a very unique look, and it pops some shoulder muscles, baby, and those things are popping. Guys, did you know that the main event is a Loser Leaves NXT UK match? Neither did I. Damon Kemp says that Shaw Samuels attacked him because he blames Kemp for why he can't get any rash. Kemp says he didn't come here to meet the queen or drink the tea or eat the crumpets. Hey, I made that joke earlier. He came here to learn the British style. Damon Kemp is dangerous. Hopefully not in a ring. A much better problem, but it was also a pre-tape. Although I'm sure his other one was a pre-tape too, but much better one where it was just uh, the uh, self-promotion and, and not interacting with anybody. Dave Mastiff is sitting at a table as Discount Mafia music plays. He thanks Brother Tony for arranging this meeting. So apparently he's in contact with Tony D'Angelo and now Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars are his boys in the UK? They salute Brother Polly, who is apparently dead? Or just not there, or released? I don't know who that is. They have a photo of Charlie Dempsey on a stick with them. This is another one of those points where I'm like, I've got to be missing something. Like, Dempsey had to have had something with these two douchebags. But I wasn't watching at that time, so I have no idea why they have a cardboard cutout of Charlie Dempsey on a stick. Jack orders them some burgers, and he tells the delivery guy not to ring the doorbell. What the fuck am I watching? Jack says he's going to make De Familia kiss his ring. He's not wearing one. They ask Charlie on a pole to tell a story about beating up some kids. Yep. Jack then reveals that Dave has a plate of donuts in front of him. Dave looks through one of the donuts and says the eye sees a couple plunkers who will get their arses kicked. What the fucking hell, man? What, what is this? Who thought of this? <sighs> Moving on. Disembodied voice catches up with Joe Coffee who's walking just fine, by the way. He asks how Joe could be such a fucking loser, and Joe says he needs to be a better big brother. 
and he's sick of disappointing baby Mark. So he's gonna go do something. Yep. Wild Boar says he, he blames Eddie Dennis for the injury that took him out. And he is coming for Eddie. Hot. Kenny Williams is sitting in a dark room watching Tiger Tehran's match. He is incensed over the fact that he claims he's the only one who sees it. He calls Tiger Tehran a masked bozo. So they're they're really going with this. They're really going with Kenny Williams knows that Tiger Tehran is stalking him, but also seems to know it's Amir Jordan. I don't they didn't say the name Amir Jordan, but it was very clear that that's what they were hinting at. But yeah, so apparently we're going with that. Jordan Devlin arrives for the main event. Andy reminds us that this could be the last time we see Devlin because this is a loser leaves NXT UK match. Ilya Druganov is out next. Both men get that big match feel announcement. They stand in the ring, lights go down, and nobody's in the ring with them, but still announces them as champion and challenger. They tie up to start and then go into some chain wrestling to get warmed up. The two men then start pulling each other's hair. Mini Finn and Dragon Dick trade blows until Ilya goes up top. Devlin rakes the eyes and then chops Dragonov. Devlin tries to suplex him off the top rope, but Ilya prevents it. And Devlin then drops Ilya on the turnbuckle with a brain buster. What a dangerous fucking move to do. You dropped a guy. Now, granted, you hit it correctly here, where you dropped him on his shoulders onto the pad. But there's so little room for error on that. Devlin pulls Ilya back in and starts kicking him in the spine. Devlin hits a back body drop for two, and Ilya tries to suplex Devlin, but his neck gives out. Devlin hits a Spanish fly in the middle of the ring, and then he attempts for a single leg Boston, but Ilya keeps kicking him. Finally, Devlin gets it in and starts stomping on his head. Ilya gets out and starts hitting multiple elbow shots to Jordan's head. Ilya hits some shitty clotheslines and then hits a discus clothesline. Andy, stop it. Nobody thinks you're good. Stop making pop culture references. He's like, this match has so many turns, uh, it's like an episode of Ozark. Like, first of all, I don't know that you've ever watched the show, but you come off as super douchey when you do that. And he's also like, boy, uh, Ilya's got the... The chops of Will Smith and and Dragunov's got or and, and Devlin's got the chin of Chris Brown. Like it's uh, Chris Rock, not Chris Brown. Chris Brown probably has a glass chin too because he's a piece of shit. But just stop. Ilya gets a gotch lift and drops Devlin right on his fucking shoulder. Uh, he's lucky his oversized head didn't take that hit because otherwise he's done. Ilya goes up top, but Devlin hits the ropes and then knocks Dragunov to the outside. Devlin hits a running kick to the back, and then a springboard moonsault onto the floor. Devlin pulls Dragunov back up, and then hits a reverse cutter to get them both back in the ring. Devlin and Dragunov trade blows on the top ropes, and Ilya hits a superplex, and a falling punch for two. 
I don't think I've ever seen that before. Devlin ducks out of the way of a spear, and he blasts a Devlin slam for the three. But Ilya had his foot on the rope. But the referee couldn't see it. Devlin gets the belt, and he starts celebrating. And then Johnny Saint arrives to yell at the ref that they're going to restart the match. They do restart the match, and Ilya headbutts Devlin, and then runs at Devlin, who turns it into an Irish destroyer. It's not a Canadian destroyer if an Irish guy does it, right? This, of course, only gets a two-count. Devlin goes up top, and he misses the 450, and Ilya spears Devlin in the back, and then eats two shitty-looking headbutts from Devlin. Ilya hits a German, and then torpedoes into Devlin for the win. So, Jordan Devlin is done in NXT UK. That was the seventh successful defense in the 268-day reign of Ilya Dragunov. That means that he gets about one title defense every 38 days. Walter, or Gunther now, had nine successful title defenses in his 870 days, which equates to one title match every 97 days. We are back now to booking the way they did with Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate which was about once a month your champion gets a successful title defense. The match itself between two very skilled workers uh, was a thing of beauty. There was a lot of really good moves in it. There was a lot of going back and forth. The entire thing, in my opinion, was brought down by the false ending. By the Devlin wins, but Dragonov's got his foot on the ropes, but now we're going to restart the match. Which, it's like, this wasn't a case of Devlin cheating to win. This was a ref making a mistake. So, I I kind of feel kind of bad for Devlin, because it's like, well, he, he did everything he was supposed to do. It's just the referee didn't see the leg on the rope, so we're going to, like, punish him anyways? I don't know. And to me, it was like, well, once he did that, you, we knew it was happening. Like, Ilya's going to win it then. But this was, I guess, the way of keeping Devlin strong. But, I don't know, man. It just it brought down my general uh, excitement for the match and my, and, and my entertainment for the match. Like, yeah, it's just, eh, eh, it was all right. But we'll see what happens with Jordan Devlin going forward. And, of course, we'll see who the next challenger for Ilya Dragunov's title is. But with that, I bid you farewell. Thank you for listening to another spot of NXT UK. Bye-bye!